Welcome to Your Life, Your Purpose, a show dedicated to helping you live with greater power and purpose in your life by taking action. Action. Now, your host, a man who needs no introduction, Brandon Allen. All right, so I want to welcome everyone to the Your Life, Your Purpose show here on BuildYourSoulPurpose.com. This is Brandon Allen, your host. And I am excited. I have a guest this week. I've got the author of Feed Your Startup Beast, Drew Williams, here with us. And so uh, I had the opportunity to read this book uh, over the past couple of weeks and really excited about it, really enjoyed it. And so I'm, I'm excited to have Drew on. So, Drew, welcome. Thank you so much, Brandon. Really a pleasure to be here. All right. So, Drew, uh, give us a little bit of background on you. Uh, serial entrepreneur for uh, some 30 years, have run six different businesses. Uh, in between that, mixed in a bunch of uh, large company gigs, um, all on the uh, the marketing and advertising side, and uh, built a business that, uh, that I sold in 2000 to a group in Boston. So I spent three years in Boston, and when I came back home, I kind of looked at what I had been doing, and... Uh, decided that I wanted to help startups um, learn the, the, uh, all the mistakes I had made and learn how to avoid them, I suppose, and so put this book together. So Feed the Startup Beast is all about how to help uh, a startup um, figure out that 20% of marketing stuff that works and avoid the 80% that doesn't. Yeah, definitely. And, and for a lot of my listeners who are small business owners um, and, and a lot of my clients, you know, I, I think that uh, what a business owner wants is to not spend inefficient time with marketing, but a lot of times that's what they do. And, and I, I really liked your process, you know, the, 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 the grading process and, and the offers with each stage. Um, is, is that something that you guys had done in previous businesses? Where, where did that come from? Um, it's a great question. Uh, we had, uh, we sort of worked our way through it with uh, various customers, kind of trial and error uh, after after a fashion. But uh, it was also inspired. A lot of it uh, came from, you know, it's hard to say. It's, it came from my learning from other people, my learning from, from uh, other companies, and uh, just taking all the things. I don't think there's anything absolutely brand new in the book. Uh, but what was brand new for me was putting it all together in a, a repeatable system, a repeatable marketing system. And that's what struck me um, as to what was missing. When I looked at what marketing books were out there, you had kind of a continuum on the one end, great inspirational books by the likes of Seth Godin, which you could read in a couple hours and you're all pumped up. But then you go, now what? You know, How do I apply that? And on the other end, you had uh, great marketing encyclopedias, everything you could do, including things like guerrilla marketing. Great book, but again, really long list of things to do. Where do I start? And so I felt like there was something in the middle that was missing, uh, something very prescriptive, something that created a marketing operating system is what I'm calling it. And, and it was gleaned from, uh, you know, to answer your question, all my experiences, no particular place. And it have, I have applied this, uh, this approach to scores of companies at this point over the decade, last decade. And uh, so all tried and, and tested after a fashion. Yeah. Well, you know, just for, for, you know, for 
context sake here on on the interview, um, we took some of these principles. I actually just took over a project where I'm running a sales team. And one of the things I, I realized is that marketing and sales weren't communicating very well in this process. And, and so we implemented uh, a lot of the process that you created in the book. I, I, I found it to be so practical and straightforward, which a lot of times I read marketing books and I'm just left wanting for more. And I, I really felt like this book gave Fantastic. some real specific practical advice that we could easily implement. I got down with the tech guys and we put – some pages together with some offers, and, and we just started testing it last week. Wow. Wonderful. So. It's, I, I can't tell you how rewarding it is to hear that, and, and I'm getting that kind of feedback. And uh, that was that was the purpose of doing this, uh, really to, to scale what I had learned in a way that anybody could get to it. And uh, yeah. that's terrific. Yeah, wonderful. That's good. Well, talk to me about the, you know, I, I like the, uh, the one-sentence survey, too. I mean, is that something that you've been using for a while? Yeah, we've been using that for I'd say about five years now. Okay, and that that was something that we also decided with a with another client that I'm working with. We decided to try that, and it's funny. I've been I've been asking people for scores for a long time, and I've always thought that maybe sevens or eights were were good scores. But in in the book, you know, right. you mentioned a seven or eight is kind of a fence sitter. They're they're not yeah. you know they're they're not sure about where you're at, which which caused me to think that when I went back and thought about that, I, I thought, man, that's totally true. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So it was the, the concept behind it was pioneered by a guy named Frederick Reicheld in the early 2000s, and he was with the Bain Consulting Group. And uh, we picked up on it, we adapted it, and, and uh, sort of modified it for the marketing context. And, and uh, just for the listeners, it's a scale of zero to 10, and you ask your customers, would you be willing to recommend my product or service goes here uh, to your to your colleagues or associates? And uh, you're looking for um, ideally nines and tens. Nines or tens represent your best customers. And as Brandon was just saying, sevens and eights uh, you throw out, and six and unders you consider um, potentially critics. And so we're looking for fans on the one end, nines and tens, critics on the other end. And it's just unbelievable insight that you get out of that kind of thing. Um, people who you thought, customers who you thought were uh, well embedded in many cases aren't. And uh, we've had instances where uh, one one company actually semi-profiled in the book. So we, we go through um, a couple of company profiles within the book. So a chocolate manufacturer who uh, he said, I'll do it, but I'm not, I'm not looking forward to the results at all because he's in the trenches all the time. He's picking up the calls. He's getting irate customers whose shipments aren't arriving or whatever it might be. So we ran it, and uh, he was blown away. They loved him. They absolutely loved him. He had a, a, And these scores that you get out of this little measure, you can actually compare. There's a whole bunch of benchmarks, and you can compare yourself to other companies. And he was uh, above average, and he was scratching his head. And, and the comments, the open comments that people were providing really gave light to – he had a, um, a product that they appreciated and a packaging that they loved in particular. And uh, out of it as well, we discovered a new segment of the market, which was uh, corporate gift baskets. And uh, corporate gift baskets is a, I don't know, $1.2 billion business or something like that. It represented all, almost nothing in his business, very, very small percentage of sales. But every corporate gift basket responded. They were over the top 
in, in love with his product, having everything to do with the packaging and, and product quality being less of an issue for them. Not that there's uh, you know problems there, but uh, anyway, so we discovered a new segment and then he was able to focus on it and uh, and really generate a new part of his business that uh, he had not paid attention to in the past. So it's uh, it's pretty staggering how much information comes out of that kind of study, and very simple to do. And you'll find that most of your customers are more than happy to answer one question for you. It takes no time at all. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny. I think there's a lot of trepidation with business owners to really talk to their client base and ask them, what, you know, are we referable? How are we doing? You know, sometimes, I mean, a, yeah. a lot of my clients are like, I don't know if I want to know the answer, but... You know, there's so much insight that can be gained from that. I mean, I think in the book, you know, it talked about examples of looking at, you know, changing business models or, or maybe shifting to a business model that that wasn't really uh, put at the forefront, you know, but deciding to kind of go in a different direction just based on the feedback yeah. and, and what they yeah. do best. I think there was the uh, the one business that was a, uh, a data mining business that um, had put some things together that way. That's right. And, and you hit the nail on the head, Brandon. The, uh, the, so many entrepreneurs who, who put their heart into their businesses, and, and they often, you know, they start their business because they've got a great idea or they, they perceive uh, something that, uh, that's missing in the market, and so they set out to, to fill that gap. And inevitably, they're in love with what they do. And it's hard, very hard for them to hear that somebody may feel otherwise. And so too often, too many entrepreneurs don't ask the market, don't ask either the customers or prospects if they don't have customers, so people who they envision should be buying this kind of product, and uh, getting a, a quick sense of, uh, you know, is there a thumbs up or a thumbs down on this, and it would save a lot of grief for a lot of companies if, um, if they did undertake this kind of thing, because really, one of the big um, points of failure for, uh, for small business is exactly that. It's not being attuned to the market. It's not providing a product or service that the market really, really wants. And uh, it's not that hard to figure it out ahead of time. And so uh, very much worth doing. Yeah, I mean, if, if if business owners go through the different grading scale of prospects, you know, from when they become, you know, from when they're just out there to when they get into the funnel, um, you can yeah. start really measuring how, how well people are engaged by, you know, who engages in your offer and what they engage in and everything else. So there is a lot yeah. of science behind that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet it's not, it doesn't have to be hard. So you're right. It's, there's a, there's a process there and there's a, there's a pattern and there's measurement. There's got to be measurement. But what we did in the, in the book is we, of the 14 you know, trillion measures you could possibly make, we stripped it down to a handful and, uh, so what we're trying to do is simplify it for the entrepreneur who really doesn't want to be a marketer. It's not why they got into business. In some cases, for some people, it's a necessary evil. They, they kind of do it because they feel they got to. Um, so for them, you know, here's the shortcuts. Here's the things that work. Here's the, the measures that matter that allow you to make sure that you're on track for the goal that you set for yourself. And, and again, that was the, the notion behind the book when we set out. Yeah, excellent. So there are a lot of tools that you guys provide, you know, throughout the book, you know, that, that people can have access to that some are free, some are, are, are not free. Um, talk to us about, talk to my listeners about a couple of the tools that, that yeah. you guys provide in the book. Yeah. 
um, important point. So uh, today, Mar so there's there's a whole world of if you're sort of reading around, you'll hear about new marketing and new marketing as opposed to old marketing. Uh, really involves technology, and uh, you could sort of say, ah, not for me. But the reality is, is that technology is needed because to succeed in marketing, you need to be able to scale your marketing. Um, so to get 10 sales at the bottom of your funnel, you've got to have 100 or 1,000 sitting at the top of your funnel, and managing, say, 1,000 people at the top of your funnel is brutal. And if you're a small operation, you can't afford to have um, you know enough people to manage that that type of uh, those types of relationships in a in a personal way. So that's where technology kicks in. When we wrote the book, we didn't want to have to force anybody to buy the technology that does support this kind of activity. And that that technology, there's a whole category called marketing automation software, which is going through the roof right now. So all the companies that started up in that space are getting acquired by all the big guys, and there's all kinds of activity there. Um, so it's good stuff, but it's not really accessible for the smallest of businesses. And so what we did is we, we built a tool ourselves, and it's uh, very simple. It's, uh, it's a plug-in for Excel, basically. But it does all the heavy lifting. It, I'd, I'd argue that it does about 80% of what the big, big tools, the more expensive tools do, and we put it up for free. So we wanted you to be able to go through the book and, and use automation tools um, and you combine the tool we built with your whatever email program you're using as an example. But we wanted you to be able to use the tools and not have to invest uh, you know, any money, basically. And so we've created a website and we've got a whole bunch of tools up there. So there's templates for, the, for questionnaires that we, uh, we recommend you, you engage in. Uh, there's uh, there's the, the tool I'm talking about, which is the uh, it's a, a marketing um, data management tool really allows you to make lists and and manage your uh, your leads and grade your leads as well. And we've got a number of different calculators up there uh, in terms of calculating lifetime value of customers and things like that. So there's a whole set of things that uh, we put up for free. And we just wanted to make sure we gave you the, the baseline of, of um, technology support that you need to be able to scale your business. And if that starts working for you, then you can go, hey, you know what? It's worth investing. I've, I've reached a certain point in my business. I'm going to invest in the next tier up and you know, go get the big guys and, and off you go. But it will introduce you to this idea of uh, new marketing, which is really, uh, it's just smarter than it used to be. I mean, new marketing is really about measuring. So you put something out, you can measure the results in a way that you couldn't before. So that you know what works, you know what doesn't work, and of course, the fastest path to growth is doubling down on what works. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there's so many people that are putting content out right now, and and the biggest question that I hear always is, uh, you know, are people engaged? Do they like my stuff? And and having yeah. some tools where you can measure that and and put that all together in one place is is invaluable for. I know for me and, and for many business owners. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. So talk to me. Let, let's talk about results. Um, as, as people who are listening to this will be interested in, in your experience using these tools, what, what, kinds, of, what kinds of things happen to a business when they market with the type of intention that is created in Feed the Startup Beast? I think um... – and again, a great question because if the results aren't there, what the heck am I doing this for? 
So there's obviously there can never be any guarantees. Uh, sure. Not if everybody goes out and does the exact same thing, some will succeed and some won't. And so behind the marketing that, that we're the marketing system that we talk about in the book, of course, is your product or service. And and we don't address that. That's that's you know, maybe another book, but that's also you. That's what you've created. If if there's issues with it, and we help you in the beginning of the book to figure out are there potentially issues with it, and and also. If there are, we tell you, hey, let's not spend money on marketing. Let's take a step back and, and figure out what those issues are. Um, so we try and, and, and uh, preserve your resources uh, appropriately in the, in the beginning of the book. But uh, I would say that uh, th so this marketing operating system, it absolutely works. And, uh, and again, it, I've, I've run it through uh, countless times. And what, what you could expect out of it is um, higher breakthrough rates, so uh, the ability to break through more than, than you have with your uh, customers in the past. When you put out, a say, an email campaign, and, and we've got all kinds of numbers against that, because we get into some really interesting ideas. You know, how do you, how do you break through? How do you get somebody's attention? And uh, we invoke the idea of intrigue. You know, you need to use things like intrigue to capture people's attention, to make them smile and, and engage them initially. So you'll break through more, you'll engage more. Uh, we talk about how do you engage a prospect. And most prospects aren't ready to buy right away. They're hunting, they're, they're learning, they're, they're researching. And in fact, they're about 70% of the way through their research process before they're ready to talk to you. And so you've got to be, while they're looking, while they're researching, you've got to be found. And of course, that gets into social media and things like that. And so we have we have a whole section on social media, and there again, there's so many things you can do that it, it's mind-boggling. So we strip it down to here's the four things you really got to do, and here's the 90,000 things you can safely put aside for now. So even by applying those things, you'll start you'll see more inbound traffic. Um, we we talk about content and, and get into content quite um, heavily because it's it's critical to to this kind of um, engagement process. How are you going to engage a, a prospect over the long term? You've got to give them valuable content and you've got to give it to them consistently over time. So we talk about that. So we, we um, tell you how to improve your engagement, how to nurture these prospects, because as I was saying earlier, they're not necessarily ready to buy now. So you nurture them, nurture them, nurture them. You build relationships that can last months. I mean, it could be six months before, it could be 12 months before they're ready to buy, but it's not that hard. And again, using technology, it's not that hard to keep that relationship warm. So when they are ready to buy, you're on their, their, you're on their short list, you're on their mind. And uh, so you will engage more, you will uh, ultimately see better lead flow through your funnel. And ultimately at the other, other end, and we do talk about how to, if you've got a, a sales force, how to engage your sales force, how to make sure that marketing and sales are aligned, which is really hard to do. I mean, in fact, it's almost impossible to do, honestly. There's just they're different breeds of cat. But there are things you can do to improve that, and so we talk about that as well. So that when those leads do come through and they end up in the hands of whoever's responsible for selling, so whether you have a third-party sales team, whether it's an internal sales team, whether it's you, um, closing those leads. And so through the whole process, uh, we then lay in measurements, as I mentioned earlier, and so you're tracking those measurements. Ultimately, what you're what you're seeing is you're seeing lifts in um, engagement, you're seeing lifts in conversion to a potential sale, you're seeing lifts in conversion to a sale, 
And then really importantly, you're seeing lifts in, if you're measuring it, and this is what we suggest you do, and it goes back to that one question survey that we were talking about earlier, lifts in how many of your customers become fans. Because if you have um, a large number of fans in your tent, it bodes very well for your future prospects of a company, as a company. And uh, if you don't, if you don't have enough fans in your tent, it points to potential issues in your, in your company that are going to impede your growth. And so that's a, a really critical measure as well. So uh, tough question to answer, and uh, certainly I've gone all over the map on it. But uh, at the end of the day, you can measure progress. And, uh, and uh, I'm absolutely confident that if, even if you took a piece, like one or two steps out of the book and applied them, you'd see an improvement in your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I thought. I mean, there was, I mean, there's a, a bunch of different items in the book where I felt like, man, if you just did this, um, yeah. you would see a lift in yeah. your business. So um, who is this book for? It's uh, interesting. It, it's, it was, when we started it, it was for small business. And as we went, we, uh, we saw, we just saw in our discussions and our research the the need the crying need from startups and and that was a large part of my background is in startups and so I had a, a soft spot there anyway you know who it's for really is uh, as far as I'm concerned anybody uh, even large businesses and and we've been told that as well and, and I mean one of the problems in large companies is they don't have a marketing process in many cases and so they they sort of scattergun what they're doing. Many, and I've seen plenty of these too, who will even buy what I was talking about earlier, a large marketing automation system. They put it in place, but they're putting the system over top of something that has no process. There's no, no, there's no um, thoughtful approach to marketing. And, uh, and so it, it sits there and it doesn't, it doesn't perform as well as they expected. I've got a client who, and this is a billion-dollar-plus client, they've bought a huge IBM deployment of um, marketing automation software has been sitting there for two years. They've been using it in bits and pieces as an emailer and things like that, but they're not using it for what, it, what it's supposed to be because their marketing department as a whole, uh, up until recently, um, has, was um, not focused around a marketing process, um, you know, something that's repeatable. So, so large companies can use it. Small companies can use it. It forms a, a basis for your marketing. It's, it's, the book is geared for B2B. So business to business sales in particular, who have a need for sales leads and, and lead flow, and and it takes a while for a sale to to transact. But, and again, we've been told this as well, and and I I suspected that of the book. There's a whole bunch of the book that works for B to C, so business to consumer. So if you're building apps and you want to create a you know uh, the the next big app that's bought by every consumer out there kind of thing, there's a ton in here that's uh, that's relevant to you as well. Um, so I hate to say it's for everybody because <laughs> it sounds like it's a little broad. It's got, it's definitely got focus on B2B, smaller business, but there's application right across the board. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, and that's, you know, it's interesting earlier you had mentioned the fact that people are doing a large bit of research uh, before they are ready to engage with the company. And I, I had read an article in Harvard Business Review called Marketing in the Digital Age that really pointed to that that came out a few years ago that really talked about, you know, a manufacturer, they gave an example of a manufacturer who realized that people were talking about their product in, in forums 
before right. they ever came to buy. And what they realized is that they weren't a part of the conversation. So for my listeners, I mean, I still get this even in this day and age of uh, digital overload. I still get people who say, why do I want to waste my time creating content, um, updating my website, all those other things. But this just, again, goes to show that your prospects, they're looking for you, and you can either be part of that conversation or not part of that conversation. So that, that really stuck out to me when you Absolutely when you were talking right. about that because a lot yeah. of people still undervalue that. Yeah, and it's uh, it can be overwhelming. Uh, you sit at your desk, you look at your screen, you go, man, where do I start? And and there's so many things pulling at you. And, and so, hey, you've got to be on Facebook. And, hey, you've got to be on Google+. Plus. What? what? What's Google+. Plus? Where did that come from? Uh, is it really important? What about Twitter? And uh, so, I mean, the, the, the key thing I would throw on top of that pile is uh, focus. And uh, so pick a spot. And, and you don't have to boil the ocean. You don't have to do everything. Start in one place. And so if your business is uh, represented on, say, LinkedIn, say there's a, a discussion group, inside LinkedIn, uh, and you know that a lot of, and this this goes back to early part of the book, talking to your customers and learning from them, but you know that a lot of your customers um, pay attention to that particular forum, that, that group on LinkedIn, maybe that's the place for you to spend time and, and just monitor it and add value to it and add commentary to it. And, and uh, you know, it's a starting point, it's manageable, and it's quite surprising the relationships that will build out of that kind of thing uh, and the credibility for you. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so how do people uh, get the book? Is the book when, when is the book coming out, or is it out? Uh, it's out. Came out this summer. It's uh, McGraw Hill. Okay. It's uh, pretty much available everywhere. Uh, they've done a great job that way. The the sh I mean Amazon and and Barnes and Nobles, of course, usual suspects. But uh, if you're interested in links to all the various uh, uh, resellers, you can go to our website at feedthebeast.biz, B-I-Z, and uh, on that site as well, actually, there's a link there, but the uh, exact coordinates for the tools we were talking about are, you just type in, no, no W's, you just type in tools.feedthebeast.biz, again, B-I-Z, and uh, that'll take you to the tool set. You can see what's there. But um, at that site, you can see what the book's all about. You can uh, There's a video there that gives you a sense of it as well, access to the tools, as I mentioned. And we've also got a great blog at feedthebeast.biz slash blog, which uh, is just chock-a-block with ideas, marketing ideas that you can use. You know, obviously very short and sweet kind of thing that you can grab and, and use right off as a, as a taster of, of what's in the book. Nice. All right, good deal. So, Drew, uh, before we go, any final thoughts that uh, you uh, were just uh, certain that our listeners needed to hear before we go? <laughs> I would, uh, you know, the, the one thing I would say to everybody is never give up. If you've got a dream and you're going to go through the gauntlet, there's no question, but never give up because I can tell you one thing, the people who, su who succeed didn't give up. They just kept going. And so uh, stick with it. Patience and persistence are the uh, absolutely the secrets to successful entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, look, everyone who's listening to this, I love the book. I, I mean, I just really enjoyed it. It's got practical tools that you can implement immediately into your business. 
And what I've always said about business is that an intentional business is a winning business. And when you market with intention, when you do everything with intention and you're on purpose with what you're doing, good things will happen. And that's what this book really helps you to do is to wrap your arms around marketing, simplify it, and make it easy for you to execute on a marketing game plan for your business so that you have more leads, more customers, more business, and your business is moving forward at the rate that you want it to. So, uh, Drew, I appreciate uh, you being on the podcast. Uh, thank, well, thank you for you. being here. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Brandon. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. Awesome. So uh, that is this week's installment of Your Life, Your Purpose here on BuildYourSoulPurpose.com. Make sure that you share this. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet on iTunes, make sure you do that. Uh, again, thanks to Drew Williams for joining us. Go check out Feed the Startup Beef uh, at Feed the Startup Beef.biz. Um, did I get that right or just Feed the Beef.biz? Feed the Beef.biz. Uh, again, this is Brandon Allen, and I'm signing off. Have a great week.